You know, heroes and role models are hard to come by nowadays. This morning during children's time, I had the children up here and I asked them, are your parents your heroes? And they say, no, they're not. And I said, okay, then who are your heroes and who are your role models? And they said, (laughs) Spider-Man. Spider-Man. You know, back in the 80s, all Asian men growing up, you know, I, I have cousins who are, you know, who grew up in the 80s and you know, back in the 80s, all Asian men growing up, their, their hero or their role model was pretty much Bruce Lee, right? We all know who Bruce Lee is. I mean, they, they idolized Bruce Lee. I have this cousin who's, who's in his 50s now, and man, this guy really, really idolized Bruce Lee. And even nowadays, all right, in his 50s, even nowadays, when he comes up to talk to you, he'll always rub his nose, just like Bruce Lee rubs his nose, because he just loved Bruce Lee so much. And that's what Bruce Lee did in the movies. And when he was younger, you know, when he was younger, he would, you know, Bruce Lee does all the nunchucks and all the, the, the karate moves on TV, and he would practice that, you know, in his own time. And he'll take the nunchucks, and, you know, he watches Bruce Lee do the nunchucks and enter the dragon, he'll take the nunchucks, and he'll try to do the exact same thing. But, of course, he's not Bruce Lee. So my father used to always tell us stories about him. You know, he'll take those nunchucks, and he'll swing it around, and he'll always hit himself in the head. And so he's always walking around with a bunch of bruises on his forehead. You know, because you're not Bruce Lee, so you don't do things like that. But man, this guy, he idolized Bruce Lee so much, my cousin. He just loved Bruce Lee so much. And nowadays, if you talk to him, if you were to ever see him, and if you were to talk to him, you would see that his expression, the, the, the way that he expresses, you know, the, 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 his facial expression is just like Bruce Lee. And the way that he carries himself, the way that he walks, the way that he talks, is just like Bruce Lee. And so I, I often tell people that, you know, I've never seen a Hmong person that's so much like Bruce Lee, except my cousin, you know. This guy looks like Bruce Lee. His haircut is like Bruce Lee, you know. And so he just loves Bruce Lee. That's, that was his idol growing up. For us, for those of us who grew up in the 90s as, as uh, youth, we, I mean, we, we weren't really into Bruce Lee. I was, ne- I was never really a fan of Bruce Lee um, until later on in my life when I, I, I started seeing more about uh, his life. But, you know, as, as a youth growing up in the 90s, my hero and everybody's hero was Michael Jordan, right? Everybody wanted to be like Mike back then in the 1990s. I mean, you know, no matter what you're doing, I mean, his shoes, you know, Michael Jordan's shoes were like $100 per pair of shoes. But you know what? We would save up the money just to be able to buy those shoes, even if we can't afford anything else, right? Even if we can't afford anything else, all we would want is a pair of Michael Jordan shoes, no matter how expensive it was. I remember back in high school when I, I was doing work with my uh, my, my, my uh, summer school, my summer work program, and you know, they, they were paying us four twenty five back then, back in the 90s, and so each month you'd probably give about four or $500 after all the taxes and things like that, and I would save all that money just to, for, so I can go out there and I can buy me a Michael Jordan jersey or a Michael Jordan pair of shoes, you know. That's $100 each, but you know what, well, that's what we wanted because that's, that's Michael Jordan. And when we go out there to play basketball, we used to go and play basketball at basketball tournaments, uh, through, throughout the states, you know, and every single time we go play at a, you know, when, when we put a team together and we go play at a, at a basketball tournament, everybody would want to wear number 23. Everybody wanted it, you know. If you don't get to wear number 23, you'll become upset. And many times, even as friends, we fight and we argue over it, that, you know, I want to be the one that wears number 23 this time, right? Because we all wanted to be Michael Jordan. And, you know, when I was younger, I mean, I was, I, was, I was pretty decent at basketball. I was pretty good at basketball. So they nicknamed me Michael Chang, right, after Jordan. After Jordan. And so I was like, wow, I, you know, when you get a name like that, you know, you're, you're, you're just like, uh, you know, that's something that's, that you're so proud of because 
everybody wants to be like Mike. And I, I tell my son, uh, Simon, nowadays, I say, do, you, do they call you LeBron Simon? And they don't. So, you know, but back then, you know. And so everybody wanted, wanted to be like Mike back, then, back in the 90s. And, um, of course, you know, Michael Jordan was a wonderful, wonderful basketball player. And here in these verses, here in Philippians chapter uh, 3, the Apostle Paul is speaking to us about the need for role models in our Christian faith. You know, just as we have role models in our own life, just as we have people that we look up to in our own lives, there's, we, there's a need for role models. There's a need for heroes in the faith for each and every single one of us. And he says here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 17b, he says to take note. Take note of those who live according to the pattern that we give you. You know, a lot of times when we come into the faith and we don't have any role models to look up to, we don't have any heroes to look up to, you know, it's hard for us to really grow. Even in our own personal lives, if we grow, if we live our own personal lives without any heroes, it's very hard for us to have a goal to really shoot for. And that's why the Apostle Paul is talking about, he's talking about, he's telling us that we need, we need these role models in our lives. And we need to start taking notes, you know, taking notes of those who, who is among us, who, who they, they're able to live this life. They're able to, their life reflects this pattern that's been given to them by Jesus Christ. And we see Jesus and his disciples, and we see the relationship that they had with each other. And we see that they were following Jesus Christ everywhere Jesus Christ went. For three and a half years, wherever Christ slept, they slept. Wherever Christ you know, whenever Christ prayed, they prayed with him. And they watched the way that he, he, he prayed. They watched the way that he taught. And they made notes of these things. If they didn't make notes of these things, we would not have the Gospels that we have today. You know, every time, he, when he got on a boat, they got on a boat with him. When he went up on a mountain, they went up on a mountain with him. When he was casting out demons, he was, they were there watching him. When he was praying for the sick, they were there watching him watching everything that he was doing, trying to take note, trying to learn from Jesus Christ that he was the role model for them. And that's something that we, we in this generation, we need to do, is that we need to find people among our churches and say, which one, who is it among our, our group here? Who is it in the church that we can really role model, that we can really look up to as a role model for our faith? You know, even though they follow, we have to understand, even though the, the disciples followed Christ so closely in the end, in the end when Christ was arrested, they all deserted Christ. And even one of them betrayed Christ, that's Judas. And then Peter goes on and Peter says, you know, for three times Peter denied Jesus Christ. And so we see that even though they walked with Christ for so long, when the time, when the difficult time, times came, they were, not, they were still not strong enough to stand with Christ, that they, were, they all ran off and left Christ to suffer. And so when we think about these kinds of things, sometimes I wonder, for us as Christians, many times we don't even want to follow Christ like they follow Christ. Many times we want to follow Christ simply on Sundays. We just want to come to church on Sundays, and the rest of the week we don't really focus on Christ anymore. But the Apostle Paul says, you know what, I want every single thought, I want to capture, you know, every single thought that I have, I want it to be about Christ. Every single thing, every moment of my life, I want it to be about Jesus Christ. I don't want it to be about anything else. I don't want it to be about anyone else, but I want all my thoughts to be about this Jesus Christ. 
And this is, this is how, much they, how much they were willing to follow Christ. And yet, like I said, even for the, for the disciples, when the time came for them to stand with Jesus Christ, they failed and they walked away. And I hope that we as Christians, I hope that we in this generation, that we will be able to follow Jesus Christ so closely that when the time of temptation comes, that we will be able to stand firm for Jesus Christ. And to do that is we need role models in the faith. To be able to stand firm and, and say, you know what? I'm going to stand by my faith. I'm going to stand by my faith. I don't know what kind of challenges that the, the, the Anglo communities have with, when, when it comes to faith, but as a Hmong person, I have so many challenges because I have so many of my, my cousins, my families who are a part, they, they still practice shamanism. And an example for us is, you know, when my, when my uncle passed away, when my uncle passed away and, and they called us and they said, you know what, Chang, we're Hmong, we're not Anglos. That religion that you're practicing is an Anglo religion. It's not a Hmong religion. And if, I, if you want us to come and participate in your uncle's funeral, you need to do things the way that we do it. If you don't do it, we're not coming. And so these, things such as these, times of temptation such as these, how are we going to respond? And I said to them, you know what? This is my faith. It's not an Anglo faith. It's not a European faith. It is, the, it is my faith. This is my family. This is what we do. And we welcome you. We welcome you to join us. But we're going to practice the faith that we have, whether you like it or not. But we invite you to join us. Because every single time that you have these issues, we still come. We still come and, and we come and we support you. And I hope that you will be willing to do the same thing and come and support us. Even though we are no longer practicing the traditional religion, we're still family. And so, many, and so some of them, they, they, they came, but they didn't want to participate. They just sat, which is okay, which is okay with me. You know, I don't make a big deal out of those things. But there's always going to be a time in which we are going to face some kind of temptation. We're going to face some kind of difficulties. We're going to face some kind of trial with our Christian faith. And people's going to challenge us. They're going to challenge us to let go of our faith. How are we going to respond at that time? How are we going to respond? I mean, some of the people that we can have as, as role models in our lives are pretty much our pastors, our parents, our church leaders, and even Christian leaders of the past. Martin Luther is one of my leaders and uh, one of my role models, and I often look to him, you know, all the troubles that he went through to try to reform the church back in the 1500s. All the trials that the church put him through to, to, you know, to, um, to kick him out of the church, to excommunicate him out of the church. All the things that they put him through. I can only begin to imagine how much stress he was going through because the whole church was against him. As he, as he stood upon the word of God and the whole church was against him. But what Martin Luther did was he put the Bible down. He stood upon the Bible and he says that unless the scriptures convince me, I am not going to change my position. He stood upon the word of God. And so I look to people such as these to be a role model for my faith. That we're willing to stand for our faith even when we're persecuted. And the church at that time, we all know the church at that time was very, very powerful. It was very powerful. It's more powerful than most countries at that time. And so when they bring you into trial and they're trying to persecute you, 
It's not, it's not an easy thing. It's not, like, it's not like nowadays when they can just kick you out of the church, right? They can burn you. Many people were burned for their faith because they were not going along with, with what the church at that time uh, went along with. Many, many pastors, many priests at that time, they, they were burned for their faith. All the books, all the writings, all the sermons, all the notes that they, t- they took, it was being burned by the church. That's how powerful the church was. And yet these men... These men were willing to stand upon the word of God. They were willing to stand upon their faith. And these men are men who are role models that we can really look up to in our time. Christian leaders of the past. These people are very strong leaders. And yet at the same time, the Apostle Paul also acknowledges. And he says, he says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 18, and he says this, he says, now I say again, with tears, with tears. Because he understands and he acknowledges that even though we need role models, that in the church oftentimes we don't have role models. Oftentimes in the church we have a whole group of people coming together to worship and we we need these role models to to model the faith for us. We need these heroes that we can really look up to, but, but it's hard to come by. It is so hard to come by. And we can see that his heart was broken when he was writing this letter because he was writing this letter from jail, from prison. And we can see how, how broken his heart was when he says, I say this again with tears. Many, many live as enemies of the cross. That even though we are Christians, even though we are in the church, we still don't want to be that role model, and we're still living like we're enemies of the cross. We're still living in rebellion of the cross. And he goes on and he says, their destiny is destruction. And he's not saying this out of a heart trying to condemn them, but he's saying this, like once again, I want us to understand, he's saying this with tears, with a broken heart, knowing that without these role models, without any role models in the church, without these people that we can look up to in the church, that our destiny is going to be destruction. That the destiny of these things is going to be destruction. He goes on, he says, their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are, are on earthly things. When I... When I was reading this Bible verse, when I was studying this Bible verse, I've studied this Bible verse many, many times before, but this week when I read this Bible verse, man, I I wept over this Bible verse. Because many times I I realize, I realize that that's many times that's what we do as Christians, that we take glory in the very things that dishonor God. We celebrate the very things that dishonors God. And that's what we need to stop doing. That's what Paul is saying. Why is it? Why is it that God has loved you so much, and yet you're taking glory in these shameful things? Why is, why is it that you're doing that? And we are not to do that. We're to, our life needs to be about glorifying God. Every single aspect of our life is about glorifying God. And we need, we need to find satisfaction in, in the glory of God. That's, we need to find fulfillment in the glory of God. Oftentimes, we, we often don't, find glory in the a fulfillment in the glory of God. Many times we find glory in our own shame. The things that we do to dishonor God, the sins that we commit to, to dishonor God, and yet we celebrate these things. We celebrate these things instead of putting them aside and say, God, take this away from me. I know this dishonors you. Take this away from me. Change my life. Change my life. Transform me. And that's what we need to do as Christians. That's what God is calling us to do, is t- take these shameful things and put them aside for the glory of God and find total fulfillment in everything that is about God. 
You know, we see in our churches many times, you know, I'm the Hmong Caucus chair, and many times I go around talking to many of the Hmong churches here in our conference. And one of the things that, like I said, I mean, pastors are supposed to be the role models for the church, but many times, many of the leaders from at local churches, they'll say to me, Pastor Chang, we're so discouraged. We've been here doing our ministry for, for 30 years, but, you know, we're so discouraged because we see the pastors are not even active. We see our Hmong pastors don't even communicate with us. We see many of our Hmong pastors don't even care about us. Many of our Hmong pastors don't even forgive each other. Many of our Hmong pastors don't even want to work together. And so when we see this, we see this, it really discourages us. And we, we don't really want to do ministry anymore because we look up to them. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge that they, they put before us as pastors. And they'll, they'll always, you know, before they say anything, they'll, they'll always say, you know, Pastor, you know, Pastor Chang, I don't want to offend you as a pastor, but this is what we see. This is what we see, and we see so many of our pastors just not dedicating, just not committing themselves to the ministry. And yet they expect us to commit ourselves to the ministry. We work 40 hours a week, and we come to song practice, and we, we come to pray, and our pastors don't even show up. And so they're so discouraged by it. And that's one of the things that we need to realize is that we need to step up. Not only as pastors, but also as church leaders in the church, is that we need to step up to become these role models because people look up to us. They look up to us. We are a reflection of Christ to them, and we need to do everything as much as possible to really, really provide them with a role model in the church. Unfortunately, nowadays we see cases of sexual molestation within our, our Catholic church, priests, molesting children. And we talk about these things with tears, just like the Apostle Paul spoke about it, with tears in his own time. Nowadays, we see unfaithful pastors, you know, they do ministry for, for a while, and, and, and they, they have affairs with, their, with their, their church members, and they break up families. And we, unfortunately, we see these things. And once again, we say these things with tears, just as the Apostle Paul said it with tears during his time. We see so many people serving in the church, and they have their own personal agenda in the church. They use the funds for their own personal agenda, and they don't think about the church. They don't think about how their actions will affect the church, and everything's about them personally. And we say these things with tears. It breaks our heart. And so the Apostle Paul goes on to challenge us, and he says, why don't you follow me? See, Why don't you follow me? Even if there's no one else in the church that you can follow, why don't you follow me? He says, Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, he says, join with others in following my example. And then he goes on and says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, he says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And so he is making, he is making an example for all of us that even if there's no other person in the church that can become a role model for the church, why don't you do it? Why don't you step up and be that role model? Why don't you be the person that says to everybody that I'm going to follow Jesus Christ every step of the way so you can follow me? And so you are to follow me as I follow Christ. And the Apostle Paul, he's not saying this out of a heart of trying to boast about himself because we see in the scriptures, he says, I do not consider myself yet to be perfect. And he says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of this, he says. You know, he's saying that I'm saying this to you not because I'm perfect, but there's one thing that I do that I want you to model yourself after. There's one thing that I'm willing to do. 
is to forget what is behind and to strain towards what is ahead. And we know what the Apostle Paul's life was before then, before he came to Christ. He persecuted Christians. He went around persecuting and killing Christians. He was in charge when Stephen was killed, was stoned to death. And so he realized that his life before he knew Christ was filled with sin. But he was willing to forget about all of that. He was willing to, he understands that God forgives him, and so he must forgive himself. Forgiving ourselves is one of the hardest things as Christians, is to forgive ourselves. It's easy for us to forgive other people. It's easy for us to say God forgives us. The hardest thing, the most challenging thing is often for us to forgive ourselves. And so Paul is saying here that we must forgive ourselves as Christians because God has already forgiven us. And as we forgive ourselves, we can start focusing on Jesus Christ. We can start moving forward, having our, 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 our focus on Christ and move forward and become this role model for the church that is so, so needed in the church. And he goes on and he talks about being a citizen, being a citizen of heaven. He says that we do all of this because we're no longer citizens of the world, but we're citizens of heaven, of God's kingdom. And this is what motivates us. This is what brings us, brings us to become a role model. You know, I remember a while back, my, some of my friends and I, we went down to the border of Mexico. We went down to Yuma, Arizona. And I had a couple Mexican friends that took me along the border. And they pointed over there and they said, Chang, look over there. You know, there's Mexico right there. As I gaze over, you can see the houses about four to five miles away. You can see the houses and it's a totally different, different environment than what we have here in the United States, unfortunately. And those who, who are citizens of Mexico, they're suffering. They're going through a lot of poverty. Those who are citizens of the United States. And we need to be grateful for this, for where we are at. That God has put us here in the United States and we are citizens of the United States and we live life. Even the poorest people here in the United States is very rich compared to other, other countries. And so we need to be grateful for God has given to us. And so your citizenship a lot of times determines your life. And so God, so Paul is saying that you are now citizens of heaven. And this, you should learn about, you should learn about heaven. You should do the things of, that, that belongs to the kingdom of heaven. You need, we should step up to become these role models for other people to, to see, for other people to look up to. And so the thing I want us to remember today is that we need to follow the examples of others in the faith. Look for somebody. Look for somebody among the church that you can say, I want to role model my faith. You know, I want to model my faith after that person. I, I want that person to be my role model. So follow the example of others in the faith. The second thing I want us to remember is that we need to step up to become that role model for others. We all need to step up. And the third thing is that remember always that today as a Christian, you are no longer a citizen of the world, but you are a citizen of heaven. Let us pray together. Father, we come before you. We thank you so much for just for calling us to be your children. And Father, we celebrate and we're grateful in these things, Father. Father, we ask that you raise up leaders in our church. We ask that you provide us with role models here within our church that we can look up to, that we can model our faith after. 
And so, Father, at the same time, we also pray that we will have a humble hearts to be able to look to other people as they model the faith for us, to learn and to be mentored by others within the church that you've provided for us to be role models for us. And so, Father, we lift everything to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.